0: adesso fatto il tiro rete, 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 rete un gol straordinario
1: e se una femmina si chiamerà futura
2: mi oh, sono detto questa tonte, notte già pausa sarà diversa, bella
1: come una stella sarà il tu Ma non fermarti, voglio ancora baciarti Chiudi i tuoi occhi, non voltarti indietro Tutto il mondo sembra fatto di vetro E sta cadendo a pezzi come un vecchio presente Di più, oh, di più fetta, di più E nel tetto, più su Il silenzio tra le
2: nuvole, più su Che si arriva Welcome to Rated This Way, a culture podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Syria and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paolo No Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We have Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everybody. And we have Julian Padu D'Angelo.
1: How's everybody doing tonight,
2: Paul? Well, how are you liking the song here?
1: a I, I, uh, good song, actually uh recently discovered it. I know uh, Lucho Lucio Dalla is a famous Italian singer, uh singer songwriter actually. And I just uh discovered this song not too long ago and I wanted to share it with everyone.
2: There you go. Sharing it with the world. That's your gift, followers you share uh not really obscure, but obscure for some people perhaps. Yeah,
1: for some. For for English speakers I should
2: say. Yeah. For the yeah. um uh, the manja cakes uh, as we say. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: oh, so I The what? Oryundi. 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 Oryundi.
1: Oryundi. Oh. L- like Mario Camoranesi?
0: Yes.
2: Like João Pedro. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it could have been like Paulo Dybala of a continent. He didn't convince him. No. Oh. Uh, right?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, i Do you think he would have chose? He's
2: more Argentinian than Italy than, than Italian, yeah. I should say. Yeah, but I think he tried. Didn't Conte try to get him? That was the whole thing. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I think so. I don't you know, even remember. Was, I'll look it up.
1: So it's so, so long ago now. <laughs> was, oh
2: well, oh, it's uh, many moons ago. Well, yeah. Too too half, many moons. Well, let's put it this way: it's half a decade. Well, at least. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: But but you, but the uh, the young Paulo Dybala Paolo, as via Twitter, right? What? It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, no, because literally on Twitter, uh, they still call Paulo Dybala young when he's a,
2: like, he's our age. Yeah, he's twenty something. Yeah. We're young. You mean we're not young? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <also>. <laughs> For a
2: professional, a professional.
1: <laughs> uh, okay,
2: I can't find it. Doesn't mean it's not true. It just means okay, I, well, I haven't looked that hard. <laughs> Look it up on the break. yeah uh, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we'll do. Uh, okay. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, we're on a roll tonight. Um, we have actually quite a bit of stuff to get through, so we should probably lock her up. Um, we have two match days to get through. We have uh European uh preview to get through. We also have, of course, who am I? Uh, what else do we have, Paul? Uh, Sarah B. Minute. Sarah B. Minute. Yeah. yeah. So again, it's it's going to be a uh, it's going to be one of those episodes. So let's uh, let's kind of we'll we'll have patience. We'll get through. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun here, uh, don't we? Always have fun. Uh, be... uh, we've got a great there discussion
1: uh, discussion topic that I uh, look looking forward to get to.
2: Yes, for sure. In the second half, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be very very good. Um, okay. Well, then again, let's just get into everything here, and uh, we've. Yeah, there's, there's like 20 games, literally 20 games to get through. So we'll, we'll start uh, with last Tuesday's game, uh, Atlanta, Venezia. Uh, that ends 4 0. So this is match day 15 uh, because obviously we had midweek last week. So 15, Atlanta and Venezia, 4 uh, 0. Paselich has a hat trick. Cooper uh, Miners scores in the 57th to uh, break up a natural hat trick, but it's uh, a hat trick nonetheless. And uh, that's. Uh Paul, what was this crazy stat here? He's scored a I think he scored
1: trick. he scored like at least two hat tricks
2: yes, in and Syria. And coming off the bench or something as well. Like Yeah, yeah. Some, he's not even a starter or something some I don't know if it's coming off the bench. Obviously this was not, he started the game, but yeah. yeah not but a regular
1: the, but he's I think he's since he, he scored like two Syria Syria hat tricks and like he's only the third player to ever do
2: so. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, okay. Next game here, we had Fiorentina and Sampdoria. Uh, Gabidi opened the score 50 minutes in before uh, Cayon ties it up 23 minutes in and uh, Vlavic scores uh, in the 32nd and Sotil in the 45th. And that's how it ends. 3-1 Fiorentina. Uh, Verona and Caleri played out to a nil-nil draw. Juventus uh, saw off Salernitana 2-0. Uh, Dybala goal in the 21st minute uh, and Morata in the 70th minute were enough to get the two, uh, po- or sorry, get the, the three points for Juventus 2 0. Um, then that was on Tuesday. So moving on to Wednesday's games. Uh, now, hey, we're into December. Yay! Yay. Uh, we had Bologna Roma. Um, so
3: a bit of a, I guess it was a bit of an upset here. Um, the only goal came through Matthias Spahnberg. Uh, nice goal just from just outside the 18, just managed to perfect placement low in the bottom right corner. Ruiz uh, Patricio was not able to get down in time. Um, the other big thing from this game was Tammy Abraham got a yellow card in the 45th minute and then Karsdorff got one right before the end of the game, which meant the two of them were suspended for the intergame. Um, but for
1: right now, Roma lost this one, one nothing to Bologna. <clears throat> Do I need to say any more?
2: You just didn't say anything.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Julian said said it right right there. He said, uh, you know, essentially Roma's two best players are suspended for, you know, uh, against Inter.
2: Well, we already knew that it was going to be some bullshit. It was a questionable yellow for Tammy as well, wasn't it? It, I agree. In my opinion, it was. It was weak yellow. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit.
3: And we'll, I mean, know. we'll get to the Inter-Roma game, but I don't think Tammy would have helped at all. So.
1: <laughs> Could have. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll never discuss, know. You know. We'll discuss that after. Uh,
2: okay, we'll move on here then to uh, Inter versus Spezia. Uh, Inter won 2 nothing with goals from Gallellini, uh 36 minutes in, and then a PK uh, from Lattaro in the second half. Uh, again, would give them the three points against Spezia. Uh, Genoa were on the wrong end of a three-nothing scoreline to AC Milan. Ibra uh, scored ten minutes in, and then Junior Macias with a brace, forty-fifth minute and sixty-first minute. Uh, the the real Messi here, um, See. the the informed Messi, uh, As uh, <laughs> scores uh, two, <laughs> and uh, again they down Genoa three nothing. Uh, and the next game up was Sassuolo Napoli.
0: Yes, so at this point, you know, before Napoli and Cesulo kicked off, Napoli was, of course, still top of the table and trying to, you know, either maintain or increase their gap. Uh, and that's playing decently as of late. Dionisi, excuse me, has him playing some nice stuff. Um, first half, I wouldn't call it uneventful, but there there were no goals. Uh, second half rolls around and uh, Fabian Ruiz from outside the box with a nice finish with his left foot. Made it one nil, uh, and then 59th minute, uh, a bit of a lucky bounce, but the ball pops up to uh, Zielinski uh, just on the right side of Sassuolo's box. He pushes air, floats rather, uh, a first-time cross into Mertens, brings it down, and uh, Mertens calmly finishes that, and he's uh, definitely an inform player right now. Uh, and then and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about plunge... João Pedro at the top there, John. Uh, Gianlu- scored a fantastic goal, 71st minute. Uh, Ball came from Sassuolo's left-hand side. He brings it down off his chest and then rifles it past I believe it was Ospina. Uh, So that made it 2-1 for Napoli, of course. And then 89th minute, ball gets crossed in from a free kick from Berardi and uh, Gianmarco Ferrari goes up. Uh, Great, great header. Uh, I do have to question Napoli's marking. I don't want to solely blame uh, Juan Jesus who was Probably the closest defender, but it looked like Gianmarco Ferrari was completely complete un- defender. So uh, definitely frustrating for for Napoli because they they should have been coming away with the three points here. Uh, and there was actually a, a third goal from Sassuolo from De Frel, uh, but that was called off due to uh, when VAR went back and looked at it as Barardi was deemed to have fouled. I think it was Rachmani. So it finishes two two. And a good point for Sassuolo, and like I mentioned, Napoli would have been disappointed not to come away with the three points.
2: Yeah, and in the end, lucky to come away with the one. Yes, well, yeah,
0: very lucky. I, I see how it got called back, but it, it was, it was weak in my opinion. But there was contact, so I think VAR
1: has to, has to call it.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. Paul, are you going to say something?
1: I was about to say because a lot of Napoli fans were were complaining. About that, that 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 goal that goal that got called back shouldn't have been a goal in the first place because there was a foul, uh, on, um, uh, on an Napoli player before the play developed. Right. So, yeah. Before
2: so, yeah the rest of it happened. Yeah. Before cetera, the rest yeah. of it
1: happened. Yeah. So,
2: uh, you know, there was a
1: bit of schaman- um schaman- semantics going on. Well, to say something schematics. else, yeah, dude, schematics, so yes, yeah. schematics, <laughs> semantics, but anyway, they got lucky. Um, they completely fell apart in the in the second half, and, and it goes to show how badly uh they missed Koulibaly. I think if Koulibaly was still on the field because he, he got injured that, that game as well, uh, I don't think Napoli ties, uh, excuse me, I don't think Sassuolo ties that game up.
2: Yeah, now Koulibaly is going to be out for uh some time a, too,
1: at least a month. Yeah. So we we're, in, we're into December a month uh, again we're going back going back to the discussion Awesomen. that we had yeah exactly going, going back to the awesome discussion I, I I I highly think okay this is my opinion I think Napoli cooks something up and say that he can't uh, play in Afcon
2: Yeah cook something in terms of you know like uh, the books as, as per just <laughs> <is> kind of <laughs> Yeah exactly
1: or or you know Got a get a doctor to saying that yeah, it's gonna be you know, six weeks instead of uh, four weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And, right. and and so that, you know, he doesn't have to go to, uh, to go to Afcon and play for his country and you know, they this you know, this week, uh, especially against the Swall uh show that, you know, they desperately need him to if they have any chance of, of staying in the Scudetto race.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be uh again, Napoli obviously got off to a massively hot start. Um, but it's, it's starting to show that they have a little bit of, there, there's some cracks in the armor here. So, you know, whereas they were, you know, they conceded, you know, something silly, like, you know, single digit goals going into like week 14 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's well, before they played
1: inter, they only conceded three.
2: Right. There you go. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, that they've been, kind of um, obviously in a different headspace since then so it's yeah they, they're a team for sure who needs to kind of reset themselves and, and make sure that they're kind of still in the hunt here because it's not going to uh, it's not going to go well if you know the following week which we see uh, if something else happens right so it's uh, again when when they have to face tougher teams than Sassuolo Sassuolo is, is no you know pushover don't get me wrong but when yeah. they have to face you know like, the, like in Week 16 when they have to face Atalanta, it's going to be a little tougher, especially without a Koulibaly and without an Osman.
1: Okay, so since we're on the, the, the topic of injuries here, mm-hmm. uh, there is an interesting uh, graphic from La, La Domenica Sportiva in Italy uh, showing uh, the, the injuries for the top four teams in Italy. Okay, so Milan, they have Calabria, Giroud, Chiaire, Leo injured. Inter have Correa, Dermian, Renocchio, De Devrai. Napoli have Angisa and Atalanta Atlanta have Gosens and Lovato.
2: Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear uh, half of what you said. I think you were cutting out a little bit, but um yeah, it's uh, a lot of all those teams are facing crises almost.
1: Yeah. Uh which uh, which teams did you hear?
2: I didn't uh, hear you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she. but you'll hear from them I will tell you that oh, God. let's move on here. let's, let's keep this going uh, Paul why don't you tell us a little bit about uh,
1: Torino Empoli uh, this was an entertaining game I, I personally the game that I was looking forward to in round 15 um, so the game mm-hmm. starts off uh, with a mistake from Empoli's defense uh, which was forced by uh, Pobega, which gave, uh, Sinabria a shooting chance, but his shot was deflected and then it fell to Pobega who finished off, uh, the, uh, finished off the, the shot in, in the box. So this was 10 minutes in. So Napoli, uh, excuse me, Torino up one, nothing, 10 minutes in. So, uh, Piak, about five minutes later was camped out on the left wing, received the pass from, Ber- uh, from Bergiorno, and was giving space to, you know, cut into the middle uh, of the penalty era and was able to beat Vicari with a nice, uh, nicely placed shot at his far post. So then here's where it gets interesting. So 32 minutes into the first half, uh, Singo pulled back Di Francesco. So initially he was given a yellow card. Uh, this went to VAR, uh, and it looked like that Singo was last man. Di Francesco was was on a break, so the call was changed to a to a red card. And I agree, you know, Di Francesco was last man, and 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 it was the rule was correctly applied. So. Uh, Torino down to 10 men with an hour to play. So, And just and it only took a couple of minutes for Empoli to get back into it. Simone uh, Romagnoli uh, scored a header off a corner in, in the 34th minute. So halftime, 2-1 uh, up for Torino. Will they be able to hold on? We'll find out. So Empoli obviously were pressing to tie the game. Uh, and Di De Francesco's sh- uh, deflected shot hit the crossbar. So um, last week, um, I was talking with... Uh, me and Chris were having a discussion on the podcast, and we're talking about how Andrew Zoli threw on uh, LaMantia Le- uh, and kind of changed the game. Uh, you know, uh, we set up Bandinelli to, uh, to get back, um, to tie it up against, uh, against Fiorentina. And he had the same impact in this game. So uh, LaMantia came on and uh, finished off a header. From a Luperto cross, similar to what uh, Julian will describe in the Roma Inter game, and they tied the game up at two-two. So again, uh, Empoli showed great character in this game. Down, uh, you know, with Torino down to ten men, were able to rescue a point, and it goes to show that I am actually enjoying watching Empoli more than some of the top sides in the in in the league, just because of the fact that Empoli. Are are not the greatest defensively because they have a lot of young players, uh, playing in defense. Just like um, I think it was Chris, you and I were talking about a uh, VT who's only nineteen years old and he's starting most games now, and it just it makes it makes for entertaining calcio in uh, from my point of view. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah, I would just add. I thought. I thought Sango.
0: For the you know half dozen Torino games I've watched this year, I thought he he's been good and he's you know had an impact on the way Torino play. I thought what he did was was idiotic. I I didn't think he needed to take Di Francesco down, and I agree, Paulo. I thought VAR you know was applied correctly there. It should have been a red. He's in a foot race. I think he beats Di Francesco you know nine times out of ten, and from where he took him out, it was it was what, five, six yards outside of the 18-yard box, maybe even mm-hmm. more. So I think at that point, it's, you know, continue the foot race. And at the very least, if Di Francesco does get a shot off, it's going to be a very difficult shot. And at that point, you're hoping your goalkeeper can bail you out. But to go in and make that foul that early in the game, obviously it, it changed the flow of the game and, and the outcome of the game. But I, cause I thought Torino started off well enough and that red card just kind of threw all that out the window.
1: Oh, yeah, I th- Torino probably could have dominated that dominated that game without without that red card but but put it this way Chris uh with the new rule change if uh you know single would have would have taken maybe three more steps uh the foul would have been inside the box and it would have been a yellow card and a penalty instead of a red card which threw away uh the game regardless
0: yeah that's a good point exactly there there Same. were other Torino you know, defenders on their way back so it, yeah poor decision
1: yeah for sure Michael.
2: Yeah, so uh, I mean, with that uh, draw, Empoli were at this point in the um, Campionato. They were at uh, twenty points, I believe. So again, the, the, like you're saying, Paulo, they are, you know, they're, they're they're having a decent showing in the first half of the season. They're right around, I think, they're eleventh. Um, so it's you know, ten, eleven spot. They're they're challenging for top of the table, which again is uh, is impressive. Um, considering obviously, the, I mean they did win City B last year, but it's um, yeah, it's it, it's a good uh, turn of fortune for them again because you know you you want to see those teams who are coming up uh, succeeding and kind of competing because you want a more competitive, um, yeah, classic. Well,
1: team. you know, put it this way, it flies in the face of the fa- of of all those who want to, to to reduce the number of teams in Syria. Because they complain about how the quality from Serie B isn't good enough, and I think Empoli is, you know, uh, defeating that argument is showing that uh, you know teams with a good youth program like Empoli has, like uh, mm-hmm. Simone Ricci uh, Viti, who I mentioned, uh, and, and 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 a lot of other uh, youth players. that they, I think Fiamozzi is another one. Um, and and able to kind of and and do loan deals with bigger clubs. I think um, another player that's on loan at Empoli is Zerkowski, who's uh, from from Fiorentina, and able to build a team with uh, a coach who's not afraid to open up and and challenge uh, the bigger teams, just like they did against uh, against Juventus. Yeah, and really. Put them to, and put them to the sword.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, so you mentioned uh, twenty points, Michael. It's only half the points. They only need another twenty points to to stay in Syria.
2: Yeah, in less than half the season. In
1: less than half the season, exactly. So they're yeah. on they're on track at this point to, to for safety to stay in Syria.
2: Yeah, the only counter argument I'll make towards uh, your point there is again, there's a team then like Salernitana who you know it's, it's a nice story when they come up, but it's you know they there's a clear um, uh, divide there. Between a team like Salernitana and the rest of Syria,
1: yeah, sure, but but you can you can argue the same thing. You don't have the same arguments that are coming out of uh, the Premier League uh, when when Derby County comes up and they get shit on. Yeah, uh, they only get eleven points for the whole season, right? You know, so you don't hear those arguments coming from from England, but you can only hear them coming from Italy because they can't afford to pay those smaller clubs for, for the fact that they made it to Syria to To the top flight.
2: Yeah, no, fair enough. So, okay, again,
1: it's all a question of dollars and cents, Michael.
2: Dollars and cents, dollaruma and cents. Yeah, (laughs) sensi. Dollaruma and cents. It's all a (laughs) it's a question of dollaruma and sensi. There you go. Um, Okay, let's uh, we'll finish off this match day uh, with. The with Lazio Udinese and this was uh, oof what a this was such a weird but f- just thrilling game honestly. Um, Udinese actually come out to a uh, a good start. Beto scores 17 minutes in, uh, and then a, in the 32nd minute he kind of goes in on a on a basically like a two on well one on two, but he like blows by the two Lazio defenders and uh, scores his second of the game. So just like that, Lazio are down 2-0. Um, a couple minutes later, literally like two minutes later, uh, the ball gets crossed into the Udinese box and Immobile is, is there to kind of slot it home uh, to make it 2-1. Uh, but before the half ends, Molina scores uh, 44 minutes in to make it 3-1. So Udinese uh, out in front uh, of Lazio, 3-1 early and 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 often it looks like here but uh in the second half it's a different game uh Pedro scores in the 51st minute uh and then we finally had our goal of the match day it's uh uh, Malinkovic Savage has the 3-3 goal in this game and here's the audio of that he goes for goal stunning
3: Absolutely
2: stunning. And it's three apiece, Samuel Ipikot. Yeah, it's, uh, he, he kind of gets the ball. Obviously, it's, it's uh, well outside the box. And he uh, kind of dribbles uh, a little center and then takes a shot with his, uh, I believe, his left foot. But it goes, again, across the across the goal and off the outside post and in for uh, a, a just spectacular goal. Um, and, again, that leveled it at three. Um, before uh, Cherby actually gets the 4-3 goal for Lazio, 79 minutes in. So you're thinking, you know, this is looking pretty, pretty good for Lazio. They, they probably have it covered here. They even had, uh, I mean, there was two uh, double yellows already at this point. I think Patrick had uh, a double yellow 57 minutes in, and then Molina, a little later on, got his second yellow. Um, and with, uh, you know, I think it was like seven minutes of added time, because of all the you know shit that was happening, and then it ends up being like plus nine minutes into extra time, Udinese get a free kick just outside the box, and uh, it uh, it's it's a kind of a short pass to Arslan who is running into the box and he fires it in, and Udinese save the point, and uh, it ends four four for again a thrilling game, and I, I just want to say. Lazio really blew this at the end. You know they had they had a chance. Obviously, once they recovered and went up four three, like you know they they recovered the result. It was great. Um, and then just that last play it was a stupid tackle. Didn't have to happen uh, on the attack, or sorry, on the defense rather um, for Lazio. And then uh, it's just such an easy goal for for Udinese at the end there. But again, to to Udinese's credit, they they earned at least something from this because they they. Obviously, were there early, and you know they kept fighting. I, for me, I
1: I, I remember Julian. I was texting, and uh, I said, "You know,
2: was that Molina challenge really a, a worth?" A I second don't think yelling? it was either. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was. Julian, what did you think? Um, he kind of jumps. I thought it was though. There was like, but was it an elbow? Was
3: that what the like? To me, you're late, and he's purposely jumping into the defender he's not from my point of view he's not making a play on the ball right and he's he's and he's on a yellow he's already on on a a yellow yellow. yes to me i think it was a dumb challenge by him i don't think like i said if he makes it a little more like he's jumping up for the ball then okay but when he jumps
2: he's late and he jumps into the defender to me it's it was a good call if that's a early foul and like a first foul is that a yellow like his first foul um, of the game and it's earlier on. No, probably not. But especially already being on a yellow card, you can't you can't do stupid shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I I don't
1: know, like and then I i to get Chris's take because for the for the tying goal, the the 4-4 goal because you see, I think it was Pepe Reina calling out uh, someone to to go to the top of the box because mm-hmm. they see land like wide open there's a he had what a good 6 7 yards of space where he can shoot oh
2: easily easily yeah.
1: so i mean was that like like how would you be able to you know defend uh, that, that type of set piece situation was it because of fatigue that they weren't able to step on 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 the ball or was it just a complete uh, shit show in terms of being you know 90 plus 10 uh, it could. So,
0: I mean, fitness would definitely play, you know, a role in that. I think the other thing too, I'm assuming at this point, you know, Lazio's made their five substitutions. So uh, there's a, you know, it's cliche, but they say, you know, don't make substitutions if you're defending a set piece. Now I know that wasn't the case here, but the reason for that is because it takes time for, you know, players to just to get in sync and communicate with everybody. So maybe that, that was the case there is that one of the players that, Got subbed on a bit later in the game. Missed his assignment. Uh, that's yeah. So that combined with fitness, it, it really could have been anything.
1: There you go. They only made three substitutions that game. But interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, considering when you think about it, uh, Latsu is suffering from uh, from an injury crisis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they had to play Patrick again, who on the uh, on the goal for. When uh, I think it was the when Beto splits the the defense,
2: mm-hmm, second uh,
1: The second goal, you see Patrick, Patrick kind of gets scared when he's going into the challenge against uh, Isaac's success. <laughs> kind of like closes his eyes and hopes for the best, and he gets absolutely destroyed again. I mean, <laughs> uh, the guy the guy should not be starting. <laughs> I kind of feel for Lazio fans whenever uh, whenever he has to start.
2: Yeah, it's Julian's been – it's Julian's favorite defender. (laughs) He's been bad for a very long
3: time. I don't know why it's taking people so long, but, yeah, he's never been very good.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm just checking here quick.
0: Um... Yeah, just on that quickly, too, just I go back and rewatch that last Udinese goal. It almost looks like the Udinese attackers who were already in the box, they weren't even expecting it, or at least if they if they were, they sold it pretty well because mm-hmm. their body language it looks like they're expecting the ball to get crossed in right, and then there's that abrupt stop when they see the ball go backwards, so it's possible that just Arslan and whoever took the free kick improvise, so uh
2: yeah, I believe of... was it forced the first theory, I think uh, but yeah, it could uh, exactly that right there you know you're in a a position where you literally have um, two or three meters in front of you to kind of wind up and take a shot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's open space for you um, inside the box even. Right. So it's, it's not like he was, uh, you know, wide enough because this, this pass was literally on the, just on the outside of the box. So it's, it was just so much space for him to kind of run in and and have a good shot. and, And he, yeah, he took it well for sure. Uh, I was just checking uh, to see because on that second goal, it just looks like Beto's towering over um, the Lazio defenders there. So I just looked up, and Beto is like 6'4", yeah. and he's like a beast. He runs like a gazelle. Beast. His oh,
0: long yeah. strides just paces yeah. by everybody.
2: Yeah.
1: And anyways, didn't they pick him up for like 6 million euros or something like
2: that? I don't even – is that – was he – like, is it alone? Or is he eh, – I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, while you look that up, he came from this, from La Liga. Might be wrong. He, okay, came,
2: well, he, from, at, he came from. I look. He came from Portuguese league. Portuguese league. Portimonense. Port- okay. Mone- Port- um, but it just says loan, so I don't know. Uh, hmm. I don't know what's going on okay, here. Yeah, that's probably an option to buy at the end of the season or something like that. Perhaps. Yeah.
1: Perhaps. Uh, just one more point before we move on, Michael. Uh, yeah. I just want to um, point out. Um, the emotion in patrick kendrick's voice calling that game was kind of uh described the absurdity of what happened in that entire game
2: yeah every goal is you know kind of really really puts it on a platter for, yeah. for you to kind of understand the context of everything
1: yeah because like just the you know two red cards um uh, uh, beto splitting into defense uh a milinkovic savage shot from outside the box and then uh, a 90th plus 10 goal to tie the game up again. I I thought he did did a great job and yeah. uh you know personally this is my opinion don't don't, don't at me. Uh I prefer <laughs> when he's by himself calling the game. That's just me. It 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 kind of uh it doesn't take away from the call and and his emotion and his uh and his the emotion from his voice.
2: Yeah. All right, well, uh, with that, why don't we move into the second match day here that we have to cover because we've got another 10 games, obviously, here. Um, but uh, that's it for 15. Now we're on to 16, and that oh, – I think it ended Thursday, right? 15 ended Thursday, mm-hmm. and then two days later, Saturday, we had um, the next match day already start. So Milan uh, faced off against the Lernitana, and they come away with a 2-0 win. Uh, Kessie scores five minutes in, Salamaker's uh, 18 minutes in, and that's enough to see off Salernitana. Uh, and uh, again, a massive, massive win here for for Milan. And again, we'll kind of get into the standings a little later on. But the next game up, we had Roma and Inter Milan. What happened in that game?
3: Um, so this one was, it was over basically before it started. It was a completely one-sided Inter Domination, if I say so myself. Um, Chalinaglu scored roughly 10 minutes in directly from the corner. i drawn a blank on which defender was at the near post, but they did not do a good job, and neither did Rui Patricio. Uh, the Rui ball Pistico. actually
2: bounced. <laughs> Yes.
3: <laughs> the ball actually bounced between his legs uh, on its way into the net. Um, the second Inter goal was a beautiful team goal. Um, it was, I believe, 20 passes in the build-up before uh, Chalinoglu laid it off for Jekyll in the box to make it 2-0. And then right before the third goal, Roma had their best chance of the game, but Denzel Dumfries made a great block on it, Mm -hmm. and then he went down and actually scored. um, Beautiful cross from Bastoni. He was to the left of the 18-yard box. uh, Perfectly weighted ball, bounced basically on the penalty spot right to the back post where Dumfries was able to beat Venia to it uh, to make it 3-0. And then from that point on, um, it was basically just and cruise control.
1: (laughs) And yeah, it ended 3-0. Okay, so... Anyway, I I still think that, uh, you know, those absences that we mentioned before from back when we were talking about round 15, Mm -hmm. Abraham and... Uh, or definitely would have made a difference in this game. It, would, it wouldn't have been so easy, per se.
2: Well, Julian said it was over before it began, and we well, know why. And we know because. exactly. We know why, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, perfectly so, timed yellow right. cards. Yeah,
2: absolutely exactly. right. So the other <laughs> hey, absence...
3: Mourinho even said that Roma gets too many yellow cards.
0: The yeah, other but, absence ahead, that, just... uh, Paulo, you forgot to mention is Pellegrini. Mm-hmm. And El Shadoui. Mm-hmm. He got hurt <laughs> in the build up. But yeah. Um, and the only reason I mentioned Pellegrini is because I, I remember I want to say three or four weeks ago, Paulo, you mentioned that you see a lot, or maybe Julian, knew as well, on Roma Twitter how uh, you know that they're shitting on Pellegrini and you know they <laughs> they think he's getting paid too much and he's really not that good, and then sure enough, when he's, when he's not gone. available, yeah, <laughs> you know, the wheels fall off a little bit. So, you know, again, I don't think he's, you know, world class by any means, but I, I do think he's a good steady at midfielder and obviously they need him back as soon as possible so definitely missed especially still pivotal yes absolutely
1: okay to that point i i I did i did find that uh roma's play started to improve when uh the youth player i think is bova came on and i i I thought he had an impact on the game i know it was already three nothing but like uh it definitely showed some life and uh you know, towards the end of the game. And I, I, I thought he had a good cameo appearance and worth worth the start or worth at least uh, another, you know, let's say 30 minutes in the game or something like that. But uh, I, I thought, especially in Roma's injury crisis right now. But so, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and one more thing, Michael, before we move mm-hmm. on. Uh, there was a, an, a good video. I saw some, a bunch of videos from on Twitter uh, with Roma fans, you know, if you in a video, if you look at the scoreboard, it was already 3 nothing enter, and, and Roma fans still singing, n- not, you know, not moaning, not booing their team, uh, chanting, you know, singing, cheer, uh, you know, encouraging them, and, uh you know, if you have it, if anyone has a chance listening, if you have a chance to, to go see a Roma game, I would encourage you to do so. I've been to, uh, a, a dozen, well, half a dozen, uh, when I was when I was stationed in Italy for for the for a year, and it, it is it is something incredible, um, uh, you know, just to, especially if you're if you're sitting close to uh, the Corver Sud. I remember I was sitting on the opposite side on the Corver north side because obviously it's cheaper tickets, um, <laughs> and no one wants to sit there when you're a Roma fan. But there was one game I remember. I think it was against. Napoli, it was a Derby del, uh, della sola uh, del sole and you can feel the 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 vibrations when they start singing uh, the Roma Roma uh, Roma they're the, the the chant that they they sing before the game starts and it is something incredible like you you're you, you feel like you're getting hit by a, a wall of vibrations it's it's uh, it's an incredible feeling to describe.
2: Yeah, uh, w- well, I- I- it didn't work for them this week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
3: uh, they're used to not really celebrating much, so they just sing a lot. Of- <laughs> uh,
2: she. <laughs> <laughs> but they can. Mourinho can celebrate uh, a second uh, Tapirodoro, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, so this time, I don't think he said anything. He just
1: like got in his car and left. You <laughs> didn't, didn't take it. Didn't, what did they say? And- they
2: said there was the... There was the after the treble. There was the tripletta because they lost three nothings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, this time he
1: didn't say anything. He just got he accused.
2: Well, because the guy accused him of still being like an interista. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which affects. It, yeah, it's true. Might be true. Um, I just want to give uh, credit to the schedule makers because listen, hear me out here. Mm. On the Saturday, they had Milan play early. Mm-hmm. They won two nothing. Inter Milan played. And they won three nothing. The next game was the the rest of the top four: Napoli mm-hmm. and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you have on the Saturday you have all three of the most important probably fixtures of that weekend were happening at the same time. So I really oh, like that on the oh, same on, day. Same On day. the same day. Yeah, same day. I'm seeing. Yeah, it's. I, I like that because again, you you kind of get a, a really good. Um, you get a. a it's a it's a punch. It's a really big punch for Serie A to kind of have all those teams happening at, 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 you know around the same time. Good for them. Anyways, what happened in Napoli Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: good segue only because uh, speaking of Napoli Atlanta, for me, the two most entertaining teams in Serie, A, uh, Gasparini and Atalanta, have had that tag for a while now. And this is a game where I would hope and would like for either you know people who don't know which league they want to follow yet, or for people who just don't know enough about Serie A, if you're going to tune into any game, I think it's this game. Now, I know AC Milan, Inter, Inter, Juve, Roma, Lazio, I know those games get a lot of attention as well, but in terms of just pure football quality, this is this is the game for me. So, all that being said, um, first goal came in the 40th minute from, um, from Zielinski, And I spoke about how on the match day 15, he set up, uh, Dries Mertens for a goal. Oh, sorry. I got to back it up even more. I missed the very first goal. Ruslan Malinovsky, seventh mm-hmm. minute. Um Zapata had cut it back to Malinovsky, who hit it with his preferred left foot just near the top of the 18. So that made it 1-0 Atalanta. Now we'll fast forward to the 40th minute. Um Zielinski makes it 1-1. And then just after half, uh Dries Mertens uh, gets played in. It was a, a beautiful curved run that he made just uh, near half. And it's a two on one with him and I believe it was Elmas. And so Mertens finishes it. So I I can't really, you know, critique his decision making for it, but what it reminded me of, and I think it was was it Del Piero Del no, Piero's gold and Zaghi's goal. And who who made the like the seven barone? Barone. So <laughs> as this is happening, this is exactly what was going through my mind. So Mertens has the ball to two on one and Elmas is making this long bursting run. And in my opinion, anyways, if Mertens had just squared it across, Elmas could have kicked it in with his eyes closed. But again, Mertens did finish it, so I can't critique him. But watching Elmas make that run, just I had flashbacks to Barone making that run and, and Zoggy not even looking at him. So <laughs> uh, so that made it 2-1 Napoli. Uh, and then 66th minute... Um, Demereau, uh gets played in and rifles it uh, to make it 2-2. And then 71st minute Atalanta carrying a lot of momentum at this point. Uh, I, be- I believe it was Ilicic who played it uh, to the top of the 18 for Raymond Froiler. First time finish into mm. the bottom corner. Makes it uh, 3-2. And that was the final score. So this was significant for a few reasons. Uh, it pushed Napoli essentially into third place with AC Milan and Inter Milan's results. Um, And then Atalanta are still in fourth, but I believe only a point back of Napoli. So uh, the top four, extremely tight. And uh, I know the top four race in Italy has been getting a lot of attention, I guess, just, you know, in the soccer community now, in the football community now that um,
2: there's four teams that have a shot at winning it. Well, that's it, exactly. And like you said, Milan now, they're at 38 points with their win. uh, Inter Milan, 37 points. Napoli 36 points and yeah Atlanta are uh 34s 2 points back okay. but they're on amazing form like they've yeah. won the last 5 in a row uh but it's yeah it's uh it's a ma- like a a very good title run and and we're going to have again it it's it's likely going to be one of these four i don't see anyone else kind of jumping in there Fiorentina i don't think has the stamina to kind of compete with these four um and they're you know still 7 points back a fourth but it's uh yeah, it, we're we're in for a real treat here. in The second half of the season.
1: Uh, I just want to point out that that uh, Demaral goal, like he broke the line, he broke the offside trap, like as if he was playing as a, a striker. It was uh, <laughs> like, got it even Morata can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh I I thought. I thought he was for sure offside. You look at the replay, and he was like perfectly on, uh, in line with the uh, the last defender, and uh, you know, definitely deserved the goal. And and the way he finished it too, it seemed like he was a playing as a pure striker. It was a, a great goal all around, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, great. Okay, let's move on uh, in the weekend here. So that was it for Saturday's games. Now on to Sundays, uh, and the first game actually was Bologna Fiorentina.
1: Yeah, so this is the Derby della Penino. So Fiorentina opened the scoring uh as Malik Male headed home a Nico Gonzalez cross uh at for far post. So Bologna actually tied up minutes before halftime as Svanberg uh, lofted a nice ball uh over Fiorentina's defense and was volleyed home by Barro. Uh, great finish as well. Uh Baraghi gave um Fiorentina the lead with a nice nice free kick uh, just after uh, halftime, about five minutes after halftime. Uh, so Skorupski con- uh, conceded a penalty kick uh, after he took down Gonzalez in the box. Uh, after This was after Vlaovic's pass that got deflected by Bologna defender. And then uh, Skorupski came out and just you know wiped out uh, Gonzalez from behind. And then Vlaovic converted the PK to make it 3-1. Uh, Bologna you know, uh, got back into it. Uh Hickey's cross excuse me shot was deflected, uh and found the back found the back of the neck, but it wasn't enough and Fiorentina after, you know, losing uh to 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 Empoli, uh, and then but also beat uh yeah, losing to Empathy as well. Uh Michael helped me out they lose to Undenese midweek
2: They no, they who? Fiorentina? Yeah. No, they won three-one over Samp, but the the week before though they lost to Yeah, they to, like, lost to Ampli. Ampli, yeah, to Ampli,
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what two straight wins for, for Fiorentina, uh, yeah. especially you know after losing another shock derby um, to to Ampli.
2: Yeah, uh, and that's Valovich's, uh thirteenth, I believe, goal of the season, uh, which ties him on top of the leaderboard there. So it's uh, again strong campaign continues for for Vlajovic. Okay. Um, Moving on here. Moving on. We had Spezia Sassuolo. This is another fun game too. Uh, Spezia uh, were uh, the team of the first half for sure. There was a, a lot, um, a lot happening for them. Um, they score tw- uh, actually one nothing at, at thirty five minutes in, um, and then they get the two nothing goal. Giassi scores forty seventh. Uh, But Sassuolo come back, uh, in particular, Raspadori comes back uh, and scores two goals, 66 minutes in and 79 minutes in um, to end at 2-2. So they share the spoils there. Uh, The next game was uh, a, uh, I guess it's a Veneto Derby. It was was Verona versus uh, Venezia, or Venezia hosting Verona. And uh, this was, again, another just... Spectacular game for me. It was fun to watch, and it's it's fun because there's you know there's errors, <laughs> there's nice goals, um, but uh, yeah, it started off. Uh, Chikaroni scores twelve minutes in, um, finishes it neatly, kind of coming across the box, uh, and again makes it one nothing. And then uh, how do you say this? It's Krenagoge scores uh, ninety minutes in. It's uh, I think it's it's Johansson I believe is is on the wing there, crosses it in it. it kind of a, a break after Verona were trying to put some pressure on Venezia in the Venezia half, and it kind of goes the other way, and uh, they end, they end up 2 nothing down, uh, and then uh, this next goal was uh, very odd. Montipo is is kind of coming to pick up the ball after uh, it's been kind of kicked towards the, the box, but he doesn't quite get to it uh, before uh, Henri can can kick it away from him a little bit and then he just kind of like slowly it kind of slowly dribbles into the net. Um and uh multiple kind of feigns injury is like kind of you know looking for excuses but it's uh, it's not enough and and uh yeah Venezia come away uh into the half with a three-nothing lead uh but a massive but because in the second half uh an own goal by Henri in the 52nd minute um, starts the bleeding. It's 3-1. Uh, Ciccarone gets a straight red in the 62nd minute. Uh, and then uh, Caprari scores a, a PK uh, in 65th to make it 3-2. And then uh, Simeone with a brace, <laughs> 3-3 in 67 minutes. And then with a rocket of a shot in the 85th minute. And Ferona uh, come all the way back and score four goals in the second half uh, to take the game 4 3 after uh, what looked like a, a lost game for them um, was just it sh- shows a uh, massive character on their end, and just again, it's a derby, so you have to expect the unexpected. I just want to point out so Venezia conceded two games, so
1: in, in this week alone, conceded eight goals.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. So, what's what was more entertaining this game or the Lazio Udinese game? Uh.
2: Pro, I like the Lazio Udinese game because Lazio screwed up at literally ten minutes, like Fair into enough. extra time. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. just so funny to me that it was week of the game everything, um, but uh, yeah, this game again also had just some fun moments and it, it was. I, I shared a, a screen grab with Paulo when uh, I think it was the second goal. For uh, Venezia, Monti was like on his head, so he's just, like, "It's not going well for them." <laughs> and then again, they come back. That I don't know if you guys saw that uh, second goal from Simeone. It was a rocket of a shot. It was it was unbelievable, but uh, it wasn't good enough for our goal of the week, and we'll get to that in a bit.
1: There you go. Uh, I, 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 again, it's impressive. So for me, you know, blowing a three nothing lead, it kind of just. Probably will solidify, uh, Venezia going down. I mean, we'll get into to Galleri a bit later, but like it seems like that they're picking up momentum. Uh, Mazzari's plays kind of you know changing the team, and they they seem to be a bit bit calmer uh, in that sense. And uh, I understand you know Zani's play is uh, more expansive, kind of showed it against Inter as well, right, Julian? Kind of you know forced Inter. Uh, before uh Chalinoglu scored that opening goal. And uh there, it's not the same as uh as Empley because they can rely on on Pinamonti and, and other players, but there's no um important player out of Venezia that can step up. Maybe Busio uh could be that type of player in Venezia. But so far, you know, nothing's coming out.
2: Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I agree because they're at what fifteen points now. They've lost three in a row, but uh, to your credit or to your, what you're saying is is calories is slowly creeping back after four draws in a row, right? So it's uh, yeah. Actually, we'll get to calories' result in a little bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for Venetia. They're they're clearly you know they're going to be in. It's going to be a battle for them. I think they're, they they have to kind of show some some character here and, and make sure that. You know, even though they let three points here slip away, maybe they can steal some more points, uh, hopefully, because uh, I want to see those jerseys next year, just selfishly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, well, actually, we'll get into... Well, yeah, we'll get into next week uh, next week or next round uh, when you wrap up the, uh, the segment there.
2: Yeah, sure. Okay, well, let's uh, just, again, quickly fly through here. Lazio... Uh, we at Sampdoria who uh who made some news, and we'll talk about them in a second as well. But uh, Lazio score uh seven minutes in, Malinkovic Savic scores, making one nothing, and then an immobile brace 17 minutes in, then the 37th minute makes it three nothing. Uh, before um, there's uh this, a Gabbiadini's goal, I guess, in the eighty ninth to make it three one. So it's not a you know just a wash for for Sampdoria, but uh, Milinkovic-Savic actually gets a double yellow in this game, which means that uh, for next week, which is this match day seventeen, where Lazio uh, they play Sassuolo, uh, they're going to be without uh, SMS, which is uh, going to be a big blow for them.
1: I mean, I saw the the double yellow. And it, I think he was already on a yellow card and he was fouled. Like he, he was fouled. He got fouled and it wasn't called. And then it was the reaction that got him sent off. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch the replay, he had his Jersey grabbed, like he, uh, the defender had a handful of his Jersey and it, and it wasn't called a foul. So, I mean, he had a point, but I, as Chris would say, you know, you would have to, you know, keep your emotions in check. And especially when you're already on a yellow card.
2: Yeah. Uh okay, moving on here. We had Juve and Genoa and Juventus comes away with a two nothing victory. Quadrado scores off of a corner kick, which could have been the goal of the match day. It wasn't. Yeah, but
1: yeah, but then but then you would have to do share it with Chelleno
2: cuz he uh, also scored off the corner. Yeah, but it's Crazy. That there were
3: two goals off in the corner this week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, you you probably don't see it. Sometimes, ever. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes ever in a season, right? So it's just funny that it happens kind of uh, literally within a couple days. Um, yeah, Kojar scores nine minutes in. DiBALA scores eventually uh, in the 82nd uh, to seal it for them. So it's uh, another three points for Juve. Uh, moving on to Monday's matchups, uh, we had Empoli Udinese. And uh, is anyone covering that game? I think uh, we had what happened here today. is Udinese scored first. De scores 22 minutes in. Um, but uh, in the second half, it's all Ampoli. And uh, Sojanovic, the 49th, by Rami in the 59th. And then Pinamonti seals it uh, in the 78th to make it 3 1. Um, and there you go. Paulo's Empoli makes it. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's, that was a
1: great game to watch. I enjoyed that. Uh,
2: I like Sojanovic's
1: goal. kind of like. Um, with his left foot, kind of double double tapped it, kind of extended his touch, and then rifled in a a shot to to beat um, uh,
2: Sylvester. I enjoyed that goal. So, uh Okay, and uh, lastly, we had Cagliari Torino, and uh, this game here was uh, uh, it ends in a one one draw. Torino score uh, actually by an own goal, Carboni. The 31st minute, Carboni. I like that name. Carboni. <laughs> uh, before, finally, our goal of the match day. And actually, it's you know funny. Last match day, it was the last game. Right? Was it? I think so. 15 yeah, because
1: it was uh, Latu and Neneza. Right. Yeah, which was the last match day
2: on Thursday. Yeah, and then now again, uh, we have the last, uh, the last match of the match day, and here is the goal of the match day. Well, it's the second ball in that always causes trouble.
1: Casares floats it up, and João Pedro from there. I think he has to score, and maybe here he will. João
2: Pedro, and Cagliari level.
1: João Pedro, denied moments ago by a tremendous stop by
0: Milinkovic Savic, was here again. Off the back, and then the overhead kick. It's spectacular, and it's the vital equalizing goal here for Cagliari.
2: Yeah, so literally minutes before, uh, Casares had had crossed the ball in, um, and Jao uh, Pedro heads the ball, and it it's it stopped by Milinkovic-Savic. That's what uh, um, they're explaining there. But then again, literally a little bit later, it's uh, a sensational. Sensational bicycle kick, and again, I'll give you guys. I, I wanted the quadruple just because I obviously am biased. Yeah, I mean, but, we can have uh, we can have
1: that debate, man.
2: No, 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 no. I don't even have that debate. I, I, I agree. It's, it's it, again, it's, it's a nice bit of skill for sure, and it's, uh, it takes a lot of, uh, yeah, skill, and, and again, just like determination to kind of get up there and, and make that nice bicycle happen. So it's a bicycle kick wins it for uh, the goal of the match, but. Calgary, again, they get their draw. So they draw 1-1 with Torino. And that's the match day. So we're up to date, guys. Yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, like you said, Michael, was it uh, Calgary's fourth straight draw?
2: Fourth. Fourth in a row. So they are in 18th position now, um, tied with Genoa uh, on points, level on points. But I guess it's the differential that they have it's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, yeah, they are two points behind Spezia. Uh, for, uh, I guess, out of the relegation zone, but it's it's hopefully looking better for Cagliari.
1: All right, so I kind of want to take this discussion back to the top four. Uh, do you think this this race is now being, I want to say, influenced by injuries? Uh, I, I want to go back to the discussion that we had um, about injuries. So you can tell that Inter and Milan are coping better with injuries than Napoli. But here's, this is my point of view. I think Napoli's injuries are, are more fundamental than Milan, in my opinion. I think, or Inter. Uh, you know, losing your club cap in Koulibaly, who's outside of Insigne, actually Insigne and Koulibaly, were out for, uh, against... Um, Against Atalanta, so essentially your two best players plus a bunch of midfielders, and I think Lobotka might have got injured as well too uh, after that. So to me, it's like it, it. Um, I guess it's a league is a is a long period of time, but uh, it's going to come down as who can best manage injuries uh, throughout the season, and so far the clubs. Uh, the Milanese clubs are, are doing a better job of that. And then, you know, Chris, we'll get into Milan. Uh, you know, they did they did a good job of only dropping, uh, you know, two games when uh, Mike Magnan was out. And then now they have to deal with uh, Kyer out for the season.
0: I would just, you know, those are good points. I would just add that. I think for the big clubs specifically that over the course of the season they're all gonna deal with injuries. So it's unfortunate just for Napoli, speaking about them specifically, that, you know, three of their best players are all injured at the same time. But, you know, Milan had injuries at the beginning of the season, whether it was Ibra that was out, Beneser, uh, you name it, and mm-hmm. Mania more recently as well. I'm sure, you know, Inter is going to have injuries here and there, so uh, I think it's just a matter of when those injuries hit, you know, do you have the depth to deal with it? And again, unfortunately for Napoli, it's their three best players all out at the same time, which is a bit more difficult to manage than, you know, having them out a month apart from each other, whatever the case is.
2: Yeah. I think you nailed it there. Cause it's, you know, obviously depth, but it's the fact that again, the significant players are missing significant time. Right. So it's not just you, you know, you're able to replace, um, a, a serviceable midfielder. No, you're replacing again, like a Kula volley or, or uh, you know, you're attacking, your your starting striker, right?
1: And and, and uh, I guess a good point to describe what Chris is saying is is Inter. So, you know, uh, I mentioned, I think it was just last week, uh, Darman
2: gets injured,
1: most like probably one of Inter's best players so far in this season.
2: And, and and single-handedly won them the league last year.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. According to Paulo, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't want to rehash this. He scored an important goal that won them the game and set them on. Anyway, thank you, Michael. Um, You're welcome. So, so I asked the question. You know, will inter can Dumfries come in uh, and replace Darmian? Will you have any you know problems uh, fitting into the? into the starting lineup because Julian, you remember like early on in the season, uh, he was struggling, like struggled big time and which is why Dermian came in and, and made it, made that his spot. Uh, and then Julian, he scored a goal, scored his first goal. Yeah,
3: he honestly, he had his best game in an kit so far. Um, it was nice to see him step up. He also had the big play to actually save a goal right before he scored. So um, good for him to get a little bit of confidence. I think as well, like a lot of people don't realize bruyne has been out now for since the last international break. And Inter have first Debray and then Renacci, actually. And Inter have continued on just rotating their back three, right? You had Bastoni play in the middle, you had Scrinier play in the middle. Um, they're just kind of taking everything in stride and rolling with it. Yeah,
1: Didn't Dembrosio play against Roma? Yeah, he did. He was on the right, Scrinier in the middle, and uh, Bastoni on the left. Yeah. So, like, and and there you go. So you had Milan early, early on with that period when Mike Magnan was out, cope with uh, with injuries to important players, and now Inter. So, again, it's going to come down is that who can best manage and rotate, as Julian said. So, uh, you know, compared to last season, Julian, I, I was having discussion with uh, with some friends of the show, and, you know, I, I, Inter seems better placed to win this year than they did last year. Because Inzaghi is actually showing faith in his in his substitutes, you know, uh, putting on uh, Gallardini uh, and Vecino for fuck's sake. So, like Vecino's, <laughs> Vecino's playing games this season. You know, last year he didn't play anything under Conte. So, uh, like, do you think that shows a better team spirit or a better yeah better team spirit and a willingness uh, to to give your players a chance and and kind of bring them together?
3: Um. I mean, yes and no. He does, I agree, he does like to rotate the squad a little bit more. Um, but, I don't know. I think there's still going to be the best guy out. Who's going to be out, right? Vecino has already voiced his complaints that he wants to leave. You had Sanchez voice his complaint earlier on this year as well when he posted on Instagram something about a Dusty Lamborghini. I don't know. <laughs> um So, I mean, yes and no. Inter, they're on a good streak now. Like, they haven't... The only... Well, the most recent game they lost was the Lazio game, and I think before that was actually the Real Madrid game. So they're on a very good roll right now. So, I mean, it's just... Hopefully they can keep their form up, keep their momentum going, and avoid any long-term serious injuries to multiple players.
1: And Michael, I'd be remiss to not mention the fact that Allegri chewed out Maratta against uh, against uh, Genoa.
2: Yeah, he was uh, giving him lips, So he uh, he said, uh, "What did he say? You you, th- you th- made th- a foul, so shut up." Yeah, exactly. Don't you th- shut up? <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, I mean,
1: God, I, I hope he just doesn't start anymore.
2: Like, yeah, I th- we'll see. We'll yeah. see. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I just want to uh, wrap up here the talk on, um, I guess, the the state of the, the classifica now. So, like we mentioned before, Milan uh, move into first with 38 points, uh, Inter are second with 37, Napoli fall to third with 36, and Atalanta solidly in fourth with 34 points. And then again, a little bit of a drop. Juve have now moved into fifth position here. Uh, and they're still tied with Fiorentina, who also got a win. With uh, They're both on 27 points for, uh, I guess, the last two European spots in, uh, in the league here. But uh, Roma, again, with their loss, fall out of that top six. They are level with Lazio at 25 points. And uh, again, we kind of spoke about uh, the bottom of the table. But just to reemphasize, emphasize Calgary in 18th position with 10 points. Genoa with their loss are still in 10th uh sorry still in 19th with 10 points and Slovanetana st- still on 8 with their loss. Um and other notes again, Immobile and Navalvich are now tied for the capital race uh and Simeone with his brace uh actually moves into two goals short of that as well He's in 11 goals. So it's it's uh a race on many fronts in the league this year.
1: Okay, so quickly just to preview uh round 17 so on friday at 2:45 Eastern standard time it's the derby della lanterna so genoa versus sampdoria uh so th- this is essentially a make or break game in my opinion for roberto roberto d'azerva uh d'azerva Cer- jeez da da ra- de- oh, thank you <laughs> and it doesn't matter because he he's probably going to get sacked cuz uh, <laughs> <laughs> cuz michael what happened at sampdoria <laughs>
2: Well <laughs> um Our yeah, favorite was, owner. yeah yeah unfortunately the, the uh the animal animali himself uh, stepped, stepped down didn't he or was but, he like, I guess he got arrested first. <laughs> for he got
1: arrested yeah he got he got arrested for I think it was a fraudulent bankruptcy <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it was something. He was cooking books or something. Uh, I, I think there was something with Plus as well. I'm not sure. There's, uh, <laughs> there's lots happening there. But uh, yeah, effectively. So he got arrested, and, uh, and so he he's resigned. Yeah,
1: so he's no longer a Syria president, which is unfortunate because he has brought, uh, brought uh, many, um, many episodes of hilarity to, uh, to our lives.
2: Yeah, and great shame now to Sampdoria. Yeah.
1: Oh <laughs> well, now now we'll, again most likely because i remember not too long ago it was Gianluca Vialli led a consortium uh to purchase the club which <laughs> fell through. So most likely that could be opened up again uh because now the club has gone into trust because <laughs> because he was arrested for financial crimes. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see if that um that uh arises once again it'd be interesting because you know vialli and mancini working together we'll see if uh those two combined after the world cup to to come in and uh and purchase their beloved sampdoria i thought mancini was supposed to go to man united uh he <laughs> said that it was all talk that he's concentrating on winning the world cup which uh tournament that he hasn't yet qualified for <laughs> <laughs> good to know yeah so, uh, so that's that's the Friday, uh, Michael. You want to say something?
2: No, obviously that's that's what you need to know. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: uh, so uh, Saturday it's uh, Fiorentina Salerni Tana at nine, uh, Venezia Juventus at noon, and Udinese, Milan at two forty five. Sunday it's Bola, Torino Bologna at six thirty, Hellas Verona and Atalanta at nine, and the game that I'm looking forward to Napoli Empoli at noon. Uh, Sassuolo-Lazio at noon, and then Inter play Cagliari at 2.45, and then the round 17 wraps up with Roma at, excuse me,
2: Roma at home versus Bezzi at 2.45. That's right. Michael? There we have it. So, uh, again, we'll have some uh, possible, you know, trap games for Napoli against Napoli and
1: uh, Lazio as guess, well
2: mm-hmm. Lazio, yeah, against Sassuolo. So it's going to be a interesting uh, ho- Potentially eventful match day and Match Day 17. Okay, well, uh, with that, why don't we take a quick break here? We've been poof, we've been talking a long, long time. Uh, let's take a break and we'll get back. We'll go through, uh, yeah, the rest of it. We have some European um, chats to get through. And, of course, who am I? So, uh, again, we'll be right back. We'll get right into that. play this in the background forever that should be the
0: football halftime music
2: yeah <laughs> i could see paul was dancing I, I got it last week too he was doing the show <laughs> now he's he's doing one of those like he's moving his arms just like yeah <laughs> good stuff welcome back to the show uh okay let's get through it we uh we really took all of the time Uh, In the first half here, so let's we'll power through obviously uh, the European preview, um, and then we're going to get into who am I, and then of course City of Minutes. So let's uh, why don't we start with the Champions League? So what's going on in the Champions League? This uh, is the final match day.
1: Yeah, match day six. So on Tuesday, uh, the two games are for the Italian uh, Italian teams. It's Milan Liverpool. And then Real Madrid Inter. so let's start with uh, the game that actually does matter in my opinion, uh, Milan Liverpool. So Chris, it'll be interesting to know there's some reports about the starting eleven that could face Liverpool on Tuesday. It's as follows: so Mangia the starting goal obviously, Kalulu, Tomori, Romagnoli, Theo Hernandez, uh, Tonali, Kessa in midfield, with. Uh, Messias, Diaz, Kroonage, and Ibram. So, the reason why I brought this up is because, um, uh, I think after, uh, well, in the pre match, uh, press conference, uh, on Monday, Pioli said that, you know, uh, we will look to start as many attacking players as possible. And then you read the projected lineup, and Kroonage is in that lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's
0: disappointing. The only thing I can think of, and again, you guys know what I think of Krunic. What I do have to acknowledge is that he does work his ass off, and when it comes to pressing, he is effective. Uh, and again, pressing isn't just about you know being fast, because otherwise, you know, any fast player can go on to be an effective presser. But you know, you have to be a smart player. You have to know what's around you. Where are you pressing? When are you pressing? So, anyways, he is good at that. So, the only reason, the only logical explanation I can see is that Pioli is gonna, you know, truly go for it in the first half, and hopefully, Krunic can, you know, affect the press and that lead to a goal. But I would be very surprised if he made it past, you know, the sixty-fifth minute.
1: Okay, so uh, I know. I think Klopp also spoke on Monday and mentioned the fact that it's obvious that uh, he will have to rest players. There'll be some rotation. Um, did have you guys heard anything about uh, Salah starting? Uh, you know, like, a, a, you know, will Liverpool play Salah and Mane? That's my question. I mean, I don't know, but I I saw something just before
0: we started recording. That I believe it was a quote from Klopp saying, "If I don't rotate the squad or if I don't rest certain players, the medical staff will kill me." Uh, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing there, but so I, I again, some players will be rested. Clearly, if he if we can take him for his word, but exactly who will be rested, I, I don't know yet.
1: Because hmm. you know, obviously, Milan Twitter is uh, on fire. Uh, always like before the game, yeah, exactly. Yes, and. Uh, there's something I saw. A tweet uh, said that. Uh, how how can people sleep when when Romagnoli is gonna fa- is gonna line up against Mohamed Salah?
2: He's gonna shut him down.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know, Michael as as neutrals in this game, uh, but obviously lean towards Milan for obvious reasons uh not that they we want it to win we want to, them to extend their season that's the only reason why we, we want them to win right um i hope yeah, I, and, uh, I liked, so I, and i like
2: kaka yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I, I hope i hope you're right michael and, and when you say that Roman romingoli will shut down uh, whoever uh
2: liverpool put up there so see i think of him as a young uh, David santon <laughs>
1: Just like how we all think de Paula, Paula Dybala is like Forever 21. <laughs>
2: like the, yeah. the clothes brand?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the joke.
2: That's the joke. <laughs> That's
1: the joke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, essentially, Milan has to win if they have any chance of qualifying. Um, and they have to get a result uh, in the other game, which is Atletico Madrid and Porto. So, in theory, if Milan gets does get anything, or does best the result in the other game they could finish in the top three, which I will be ecstatic about.
2: Right, so if they win and the other game ends in a draw, they'll be second.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Right. Which could happen because
1: both those teams need to win.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's not like one of them can just sit back.
2: Yeah.
1: So, the second game on Tuesday is Real Madrid-Inter. So, of course, uh... Inter would have to win to get top spot because Real Madrid is up by two points and they have a better goal uh, goal differential as well. Um, But, I mean, Julian, does does it really matter at this point? You qualified. Uh, Do you you think that goes for it or rotate players because of the devastating injuries that they picked up in league play?
3: No, I think he's going to go for it.
1: he got nothing to lose,
3: really. Like, you you lose the game, you finish, you're still second in the group. Mm -hmm. So, I'd like to see him go for it. Um, And, I mean, of course, you probably would get a better draw, right? You get to avoid Liverpool, Bayern. So, I'd like to see him go for the win. I mean, I think it's doable. The first game, they, quite frankly, they all played Madrid. Madrid just managed to grab a late goal in the 89th minute, right? Uh Um, But Benzema is out tomorrow, so... I'm not sure who's starting up front for Madrid, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I would like to see them go for it.
1: Okay, so so that's the Tuesday games. Uh, on Wednesday, Juventus play Malmo and Atalanta play Villarreal. So as for Juventus, uh, we all okay. So after they qualified for the round of sixteen, Allegri said that it was an objective reached. Uh, they literally closed up shop when they were losing one nothing against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So it doesn't matter what they do now; they can uh, might as well play the farm team at this uh, at the Primavera team at this point because there's no way in hell that Chelsea will lose to Zenit Saint Petersburg or drop any points. And the fact that you put up a dis, dis, dis I, don't know, I, despicable. I was dis, despicable, despicable, yeah, that's what it was. It was, it was despicable. 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 And honestly, it was it was it was pathetic. I, I wouldn't call it despicable. It was pathetic because it was the reason why I call it pathetic is because you you you're you're calling it uh, a success and and trying to close up shop when you're down one nothing in a game where if you at least draw, you still hold first place in balance for the last uh, for for uh, match day six. And at this point. Yeah, might as well rotate the rotate the team like one hundred percent because you're not catching Chelsea and you're and you, you just condemned yourself to second place against teams, as Julian said, Liverpool, Bayern, etc. Here's
2: so, what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna tie Zenit and then you're gonna beat Malmo. But, uh sure. If
1: you think that, I think that's, that's, uh, that's some, some goof, uh, goofo talk, but, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. a wise goofo.
1: Yeah. Why? Yeah. Wise owl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Cause I, there's not really nothing to say here that, 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 uh, that group is pretty much settled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important game on this day is Atlanta very Um, so Atlanta has been struggling in the champion's league so far, um, they almost blew uh, the game against young boys and they managed to rescue in a was it a three three draw as well. Uh, so th- pretty much they have to beat Virial because uh Virial has one point more than him with seven, Atlanta mm-hmm. with six. Uh, and if Young Boys could get the win is not it's not uh, far fetched because they did beat Manchester United in the first go round in the first uh, first game that they played. So essentially here is like I said, Veral must win and must hope for a favorable result against Manchester United. Uh I don't I don't know. I, I I don't think they can do it. I think they're too inconsistent. Uh maybe they're maybe they turned the corner uh in Syria, but I don't know if they turned the corner in, in the Champions League, uh because um their their game is more expansive, they can you know run right in Syria because uh, Italian teams don't have an answer to to the way they play. But again, they're playing a Europe, they're playing European teams that are well are are used to playing in leagues that are a lot more open than Syria. Even though Syria has been averaging three go- more than three goals a game, but still there's certain periods in Syria where during the games where teams shut up shop and you know close down and try to grind out. Um, a result Leaders. when, yeah, exactly. When when you don't see that very often in in other leagues, they kind of play the the, the same throughout, uh, throughout the game. So, uh, Chris, what do you think uh, about Atlanta's chances? Um,
0: I mean, I, I obviously want them to go through. It, it'll be it'll be a good game. I think the first uh, matchup between Atlanta and Villarreal was a fun game to watch. I haven't seen much of Villarreal besides what I've seen in the Champions League, so I don't know, you know, what kind of form they're in, who's healthy, who isn't. But, you know, if, if they can carry, like you mentioned, their Serie A form into Europe, then, you know, the chances are,
1: are good that they'll come away with the three points and progress. And and again, uh, I guess all of us, because we're not, you know, Atlanta fans, and so deep down inside, we do hope that, that they go through. So again, they prolong their season and... Uh, and are forced to play more games because it's it is possible that they could finish last in the group and be knocked out of Europe uh, completely. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm 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 curious about that. I, I listen. I
2: Michael, you and I are Juventus fans,
1: and we'll probably be watching that Atalanta game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's mm. it's probably going to be the more important one for that day. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's it might be uh, if it depends what their goals are this season. If they really, you know, if their focus is, Hey, we want to do just well in all fronts. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to go out. I mean, and they will go out and, and kind of play their best and try and move forward to Champions league. Cause there's obviously a lot of money riding on it as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, realistically, if they do get knocked out, you know, it's a serious boost to, their prospects in City app.
1: Yeah, because they only have to play one game a week and it goes back to the discussion that we had about Milan last season which yeah. didn't didn't pan through because uh are merda. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All
2: exactly. All right, so
1: that's uh, so that's that's the Champions League uh match day six.
2: Okay, sweet. Uh okay, let's move on to Europa League. So for Europa League, there's Napoli and Lazio, of course. Uh, so
0: Napoli are playing Leicester, uh, similar to, uh, I mean, Napoli could technically still finish in second with a draw if Spartak Moscow lose in their game. But uh, you know, to come away winning the group, Napoli would need to beat Leicester City, uh, and then hope that Spartak draw or lose to Legia Warsaw. Now again with the injuries we spoke about in the first half of the show I'll be interested to see what sort of lineup uh, Spalletti puts out there uh, obviously they're they're still up there in the Scudetto race so you know does he put his best 11 out and then rotate the squad in Serie A or does he rotate the squad in Europa League and put his best 11 out in Serie A so uh, yeah decisions to be made there for Spalletti but uh, Napoli do need the 3 points if they want to have a chance at securing first in Uh, group C now for Lazio. So Lazio currently sit in second in group E with Galatasaray uh, at 11 points in first place. And uh, Lazio is playing Galatasaray and they also need to come away with the three points. If they want to win the group, Uh, Marseille is four points back of Lazio. So uh, Lazio can't finish any lower than second. So uh, both Italian clubs, Napoli and Lazio need the win to, uh, to win their respective groups.
1: See. So, See.
2: So, and I, uh, yeah, Paul.
1: No, I was about to say because uh, I mean that the Napoli group has been so exciting to watch. It's been so balanced. Um, uh, I have a friend who's a Leicester City fan, and he was infuriated when uh, when Napoli came back uh, to draw two two uh, in the first game that they played, and it that just kind of exemplifies the. Uh, equilibrium uh, of this group. There's our word of the day.
2: (laughs) Equilibrium. (laughs) Yay. Uh, Okay, well, finally we have, of course, uh, the greatest competition on earth. And that is... uh, (laughs) Um,
3: So, Roma have to play Cesca Sofia tomorrow. Um, now they, sorry, on Thursday. So, um, they're guaranteed at least second, but in order to win the group, uh, Bodo Glimt would need to drop points against Zoria, which they do have to travel to the Ukraine. So that isn't necessarily out of the question yet. Um, and then Roma would have to win. So we'll see Uh, if Bodo Glimt win, then Roma is second and they end up playing one of the third place teams from the Europa League. Or second place teams. I'm not sure how all that works now. But yeah, so Roma, Cesco, Sofia, they should win, and then depends how Bodo Glimp does against
2: Zodiac. There you have it. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, week in Europe because there's uh, there's a lot riding, I guess, position wise in these groups. Um, And again, it's. It's going to be exciting because, uh, you know, if they can maintain their positions, if they can go through, then we're going to have a very exciting race uh, in Syria. And again, something else to look forward to, obviously, in Europe with uh, the potential to uh, really bring back some respectability after some poor showings uh, from. (laughs) <laughs> Inter last year, uh, <laughs> namely, but I uh, didn't even Juventus, of course, because of uh, their their shittiness. But it's uh, again, it, it it could very well become almost like a rebound year for for a lot of these teams. So it's it's going to be a great a great week to solidify hopefully the the positive results for these guys.
1: Okay, to be honest with you, what I'm looking most forward is actually next week's mid uh, midweek competition. Okay. Uh, it's the, um, I guess the I guess I guess you can call it the first round of the Coppa Italia. So that's the competition I'm most looking forward to. So
2: yeah, we we figured. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, you can't you can't beat um, uh, uh, Sampdoria, Torino, or. Uh, I forget who was playing Lecce, but someone's playing Lecce, or, or you know, Fiorentina, Benevento. There you go. That's another good game.
2: Literally, we're gonna beat it. Any of the games. <laughs> <laughs> Please,
1: I I I enjoy because it's always entertaining. As you might as you, as Michael as you said before, it's it always brings entertainment, uh, like airs or like excitement. Uh, you know, nothing can beat a cup comp a knockout, uh, cup <laughs> competition.
2: Yeah, if it's, again, if, for example, it's a team like Milan getting knocked out, that's, I'll give you that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we don't want it to
2: get knocked out. Well, well, we're getting into semantics. Yeah, that that we don't need to discuss. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that's it for uh, the European preview, then. Uh, Why don't we move on to uh, America's favorite segment, and that is.
1: Who am I? I don't
2: know. Who am I? I don't know. So
0: last week, our answer (laughs) was, or the correct player was uh, Martin Drun. And the uh, listener who got the correct answer was uh, Chris Kelly. And so his question was, um, he's mentioning he was having a conversation or debate with some others, and he was wondering what our take was on which striker from the past, in our opinion – would fit best into the current Italian national team and why? Mike, I want you to go first.
2: Oof. I don't know. I, I was thinking a good about question. this. Yeah. And, and I mean, because again, you got to think of a, a striker who, <laughs> who plays well with others. And we were talking earlier, who were we talking about? It was uh, Inzaghi who looked off, whoever. on yeah, uh, Barone. Barone, right? So, like, you need, because of the, the way that this squad is put together, I feel like you need to have someone who, you know, is a target, man. The, the people need to be looking for him, but he also needs to be able to link a play which we haven't seen from, you know, the likes of Immobile, et cetera. So, it's, it's really tough. So I guess if you're looking for a right answer, it's got to be someone who can do that uh, plus, plus, right? That's fair. You're gonna give so a name? so Luke, who's it going to uh, be? Luca Tony.
3: <laughs> okay, Julian and then Paulo. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with uh, Bobo. Bobo. And why? Um,
2: that was my second because
3: I, I just think he's a good mix of skill and kind of finishing, which they're kind of lacking the finishing part right now. Okay. So we have
1: Luca Toni and Bobo. Uh, Paulo, what do you got? Okay, well, the, uh, the, I, I had Luca Toni as well in my in my mind. Uh, cause I, was, I was actually doing some stats, and um, he has... Nine goals in qualifying games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Something that uh Immobile does not have. He has only
2: eight goals, no. <laughs> he
1: actually technically has more uh more goals in qualifying, but he has he's played more games and actually has same, actually has less goal than Luca Tony. So well,
2: so but uh, I guess the what really kind of that's why I had to Tony in mind is because, again, leading up to the World Cup, he was on a pretty gr- good pace, right? He was he was kind of leading the charge, right? So I, I just – just because of what we haven't seen from Immobile, that's why I had him in mind. I'm not sure if that's the same reason you had, Paulo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was the same exact reason.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you cannot – I guess, you know <sighs> –
1: you know if i had to bring in my my bias i always thought uh you know del piero growing up was uh better than than francesco Totti, regardless of uh <laughs> stats and stats and exactly <laughs> cuz you know trophies kind of uh dictate who's better in my opinion as when you're both scoring over you know 200 goals for your club uh but you know, we'll get into the bait because Totti stayed, et cetera, et cetera. I get that. But also, um, you know, on the national team, Del was the type of player that can come up out of nowhere and score. And and that's what that's what this, this Italy team is missing as well, especially in the qualifiers. You didn't you don't have don't have that um that player liking senior on a good day, but at least Del was consistent about it. Was able to, to provide that um you know, spark, spark that 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 brilliance uh, when your team needed it the most. You know, I I always remember um, to finish off uh, the game against Germany, um, but but also even before that, uh, it was the you know the game against uh, Mexico in the 2002 World Cup when Italy desperately needed a goal. He came up and he came up big, and that's what this team missed in that qualifying campaign, I always thought, uh, think about the the draw against Bulgaria. You know, the 1-1 draw against Bulgaria. You can't can't do that. And you you can't draw Bulgaria at home. And and to me, and Michael, I I said it then, I'm going to say it again. That's the reason why Italy is not directly qualified for the World Cup. Okay. And I I mentioned Insigne is because, to me, you know, um, uh, they always talk about the Tidajir, and and it, that's something Del Piero did early on in his career and, and also kind of, I wouldn't say perfected it, but brought it to light, and that was our generation's Tidajir, right?
2: The goal out of, out of Del Piero. The goal
1: out of Del Piero, exactly, yeah. And oh, Insigne has done that, but again, you're only as good as your last game uh, that, that you played. That's 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 how it goes, especially in professional sports. And there was nothing, nothing that in that there's you didn't see any of that, any 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 flash, any any spectacular that you saw from the Euros. And uh, I think that again, I think that comes down to the to the manager and not not realizing that okay, the the Euros is its own separate beast qualifying campaign when you have to go to, uh, Bulgaria, uh, when you have to play away to, in, in Switzerland, um, you have to go to Northern Ireland and that, and that crowd at, at Windsor park, uh, you know, there was just, there was no, um, I want to say champion that someone has done it all. You know what I mean? It, but, uh again it, it, we're, we're talking hypotheticals and uh, again i just it's my bias of of uh of growing up and watching Del Piero game uh play gaming game mm-hmm.
2: chris interesting
1: yeah so i think if i
0: if i was going first i i would also have said luca tony <laughs> i think for for reasons that you mentioned Mike just in terms of somebody who can be a target man who can also link up with the midfield and then obviously can finish which is really the most important trait that we're looking at here. Uh I guess two honorable mentions for me would be 2012 Mario Balotelli. Yeah. Uh, Just from, again, his performance at the Euros that
3: year.
2: Uh, Only 2012 version,
3: though. Yes, that's
0: uh, being very specific. (laughs) No, flip those numbers. 12 12 and 21. 2021. Mm -hmm. He's playing somewhere. He's playing for Adana Demirspor in Turkey. So, yeah, we'll leave it at 2012. And then uh, the other one I would have... Again, this is fantasy land now. Antonio Di Natale. If Mm. if him in his prime with this roster, I think that would have been fun to watch. I I wouldn't go as far as saying he'd be the best fit out of all the you know former Italian strikers and you know, there's been some prolific ones, but I think that would have been fun to watch like I said. So um yeah, any other comment? That was a
2: good question uh from from Chris there on on last week's correct answer. Yeah, it's it's a very fun question and yeah. I I I just wonder do you think we have some biases ourselves like Answering that, aside from Paul, who's obviously stated biased. <laughs> but do we have, like, you know, is there, who are we maybe neglecting? Is there anyone you think, you know, could I mean, deserve a shout, you know, uh, just based on, I don't know, maybe us being, if we were 10 years older, for example. So,
0: so that's the kind of
2: what I looked at as well. Is I, I, was, I was really
0: only considering players that I watch because I'm sure, you know, people are listening saying, so you idiots, you didn't say bad, Joe. <laughs> uh, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, Inzaghi, I'm sure people can make a case for him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there, there definitely is a bias based on, you know, when we were born and who we've seen play. But I think between the four of us, we gave some pretty decent answers. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh,
1: I mean, if I have to go even further, because, again, during the pandemic, I watched a lot of – uh, games from the 80s uh, just to pass the time and and um uh, for me you know paul rossi in that 82 tournament is something yeah. that that will be spoken about for for years to come uh, decades to come uh that's another player you know that went through personal adversity and and came back and and won in one day won his country a tournament mm-hmm. and uh me that that's a player that always should always be discussed when it comes to Italian, uh, when it comes to cultural folklore, in my opinion. And I guess just for context, for when people call us idiots, we're,
0: we're born in the early 90s, so just to give <laughs> you give, just so you have a, a better sense of, of who we've seen play and, and not seen play, yeah. One of my first, minus Paulo. About... I mean, Paulo's technically seen everybody
1: play since, uh, yeah, well, I was about to say, he's 100. I yeah. mean, my, my first real memory without watching videos was, you know, Bajo missing the penalty. So um, that, that's my bias is I have to, you know, when, I, when, when everyone comes to the debate, you know, we had this conversation with Neem. I think it was, uh, Bajo Del Piero.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: Del Piero 100% of the time. Bajo missed was at
3: 94? Yeah. So you would have been two.
1: Yes. I said my first okay. memory.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which diapers were you wearing?
2: He'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, never tell.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, I guess we'll move on to this week's round of hints. Are are you three fine gentlemen ready? Of course. Yes. Again, I wrote wrote my answers down with pen and paper this week, so Julian can't uh, hack my my hints here. (laughs) So we'll get going here. Uh, Hint number one for this week's Who Am I? This European is now with his third Italian club since 2016. Hint number two, he also played in Germany, England, and Belgium. Hint number three, he has Champions League, And Europa League appearances, but none with an Italian club. And so I'll go back to hint number one. This European is now with his third Italian club since 2016. Hint number two, he has also played in Germany, England, and Belgium. And then hint number three, he has Champions League and Europa League appearances, but none with an Italian club. Five minute timer up reminder to the listeners that you get to ask me a question or could ask for a bonus hint
2: do we think we should ask about like position did did you say position i don't think you did uh yes uh no i did did not i did not yeah yeah should we ask position
1: should we ask which italian clubs
2: (laughs) should we ask who it is (laughs) <laughs>
1: See? Well, that's the name of the, the name of the game, right? So it's I? I? <laughs> Just get it over with. Eh? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Okay, this year, but never played in Europe with an Italian club. Correct. And he's on his third
0: third Serie A club third since CETIAC 2016, club. and he's also played in Germany,
3: England, and Belgium. Paulo has, I'm thinking Dennis Pratt or whatever his name is, but I don't know if he's played on three Serie A teams.
1: I don't think, I think it's only Sampdoria and Torino. Okay. But but Pratt came in first in mind.
3: Yeah, because he was obviously with Leicester, and I'm assuming he played somewhere in Belgium, but I also don't know about Germany.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: third Italian club since 2016. Also what? played Germany, England, Belgium. Has played
1: in Europe, but not with
0: an Italian club. So it has
1: to be a mid-table. Well, mid-table. Kind of mid-table. Just over three
2: minutes. It's a European. Yeah, an European. What, what, uh... Yeah, should we ask him a question, or should we just ask like what the bonus hint is? Yeah,
1: because um, if I because my question is what are the clubs
2: anyway. <laughs>
1: um, I guess we can ask position, but that won't nail it down.
2: Yeah, Chris, bonus can you answer end? the question? What are the clubs?
1: I would not answer that question. <laughs> no. All right. So then, <laughs> then the uh, bonus hint. Then we all agreed.
2: Sure.
1: Bonus hint. Yes.
2: Yeah. And then also say all of the hints again in order.
0: Okay. I'll start from hint number one. Uh, so this European is now with his third Italian club since 2016. He has also played in Germany, England, and Belgium. He has Champions League and Europa League appearances, but none with an Italian club. And your bonus hint one of his Italian clubs was Benevento. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Two minutes left.
1: Just over two minutes.
2: That is a decent hint though, Benevento.
1: Benevento. Who's on Benevento? has played in Europe.
3: Lapadula?
2: Has he played in Europe though? No. no I
3: don't think it's Lapadula. Oh no, European. Never mind. He's Peruvian now.
1: Wait a minute. There was a defender that they signed. When they came up, who was it?
3: Minute thirty. Um Calderola? Oh, he did that... play in Germany.
2: Yeah. Quick.
3: Um,
2: but so but he has to be playing in City A now. He yeah. is
0: he is playing in City A right now. Yep.
3: Okay, yeah, then it's not Calderola because he's in B. Be...
1: Here, what's his position? <laughs> Only
0: because I'm nice, I'll just tell you, and there's one minute left, he's not a goalkeeper and he's not a defender. I'll tell you that much.
1: Okay, Benevento.
0: No more questions, you crooks. <laughs> <laughs> um... okay, third Italian club since 2016. Also played in Germany, England, and Belgium. He's played in Europe, but not with an Italian club, and you're bonus in. Is one of the Italian clubs is Benevento.
2: Thirty seconds. Who who else who like who's on Benevento? It's probably I would imagine it's on the third team. I, I don't know. I'm thinking striker for some reason. But I don't know, it also could be wrong. <laughs> it would seconds. he have been on Benevento last season? Oh I mean I it's think possible.
1: Think of who was on Benevento last season? I mean, okay, let's say Caldero, because you did play in jury. Ten seconds. No, he said it's not a defender. Oh, damn it. Uh, 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 Time. i i I got stumped. Time. Yeah. I so,
0: any other final guesses? I won't accept them, but I'm just curious.
2: I. I, I don't know. Has he scored recently? That's usually uh, how you do it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pattern for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: I can't tell by the pages I'm looking at right now.
2: Hmm.
0: He only has two goals this year, so probably not. Well, I'll give you guys the answer. This week's Who Am I was none other than Filip Dudicic from Sassuolo.
1: Uh, damn it, he did play for Benevento.
0: So, his, yeah currently with Sassuolo, was at uh, Benevento on loan in 2018 and was at Sampdoria before that. Mm. He played for Southampton, which was alone. He played for Mainz, which was alone. And he played for Anderlecht, which was alone. Um and then his European appearances came with uh, Benfica for Champions League. Uh and I believe it was Anderlecht was
1: Europa League? Yes. There, there we are. have it. There was no way we could have. see if we'd have yeah. got the clubs, then I would've <laughs> The
3: clubs on two wouldn't have even help
1: me. I would have had.
3: No yeah, I,
2: I, I also would have been completely lost, as I was. Good. <laughs>
1: yes. uh, I, see the, the combination of clubs could have gave me something, but.
2: but now let's see if the listeners can get that because I that I that, feel that, like that's, that's a tough be one. Tough. That's, that's tough. a tough one. That was yeah. a tough one. Yeah. Good job, Chris. Thank you very much. Was f- uh, what, the first one in what, three weeks? Yeah, uh, we rolled all roll, just, yeah. you know, making sure he was angry at us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he took we out to his, uh, us.
1: his
0: frustration. Uh, see, Milan had a good week, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, okay, let's uh, wrap it up then. Paulo, do you have a uh, City B minutes?
1: Yeah, there was some uh, some interesting results in Serie B uh, this week. So, uh, Brescia lost 2-0 to Monza. Uh, Pisa won 1-0 against Como. Uh, Benevento beat uh, Pordenone 2-1. And uh, Prugia won 1-0 against uh, Vincenzo. And it was um, an important game. Uh, it was important to mark. It was um, the two teams that uh, Paulo Rossi played for, and there was a uh, a small ceremony uh, before the game to to mark uh, the occasion. So was, I want to I want to point that out before I moved on. Um, so the the Serie B table is as follows: uh, Pisa still in first place with thirty two points. Lecce moves into 2nd uh, place at 31 points. Uh, Brescia in 3rd place with 30. Benevento uh, in 4th with 28 points. Tied with Monza at 28. Uh, Cremonese with 26. Ascoli with 26. And Frozenone with, with 25. The bottom 5 uh, places are as follows. Cosenza with 15 points. Alessandria with 14 points. Crotone with 8. Uh, Vincenzo with 7. And Pordenone with 7. So, a uh, quick Pescara culture update, Michael. So you know how we like to to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. out that we're Pescara, we're Pescara fans. So they actually won their first game since October thirty first. Wow! Uh, they beat yeah, okay. <laughs> they beat uh, Grosseto two one, and they're still I uh, believe it's fourteen points off of first place in uh, Lega Pro Group B.
2: Please. That's it, Michael. All right. What? Uh, what else did we miss, guys? I feel like there's uh, obviously we talked about uh, Massimo Ferrero. What else happened? Is that it? Off the pitch. Yeah. Other off than the
1: pitch. We'll, we'll we'll keep away from. Him. I don't want to get into transfers or anything like that. We'll save that till after Christmas. Um, but uh, other than the fact that. Um, uh more talk about that secret document uh that, yes that 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 secret I illegal account
2: certainly shouldn't have
1: said it, that it was illegal <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well other than that, that, that the, the, yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's uh that's still going on and uh we'll see i i'm, I'm curious to see what's going to be the outcome of that because honestly it could be the same situation that we found ourselves in 15 years ago in the sense that uh someone took advantage of a, of a system that was rotten rotten at its core and just got caught. So um, we'll see. Uh,
2: I'm curious. Michael? As we all are. Yeah. Uh, okay, Chris, anything to add?
0: No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we went through the, the European games coming up, so looking forward to the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday lineup
2: that will be good, Juliano.
3: For to Inter as usual. You know. uh, any, any,
2: any predictions?
3: Um, I'll go out on a limb. I say Inter win two nothing.
2: Wow. You know, I'm going to take that as well. I think I I I think they're going to win. I'm going to say it's going to be a one nothing win though. Okay. Uh Michael, before we go, uh actually it was it
1: was uh Monday. Um the the woman who scored the uh the winning penalty kick uh for Canada at the Olympics, uh joined Juventus, Julia Grosso. That's right. Yeah, we missed to not mention that since it's also Canadian topic. Canadian content.
2: That's right.
1: Cancon. Can Cancon. Yeah. <laughs> Or else we'll get the CRTC on our ass. <laughs>
2: uh, I tried to look up here and see if I could find the DiBala stuff about whether or not Conte tried to um, recruit him, but I couldn't find it. But I'm again, don't don't even look it up. I just believe me. I'm pretty sure, pretty <laughs> sure it was a thing. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that's right. That's my guy. Okay. Uh, again, thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you're following us on our social. So at RTW Calcio, that's both on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. Paulo, uh, do we have an OnlyFans yet? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Not yet. Uh, we do have uh, all my links, and uh, on there you can find not our OnlyFans, unfortunately, but you can find <laughs> our Instagram. You can find. A Twitter. Do we update our Twitter? I think so. Um, and of course, the Spotify link, et cetera, where you can find the podcast. Um, yeah, let's, uh, it's, it's, again, we're in the middle of this uh, big gauntlet we were talking about. So it's uh, exciting to have obviously uh, Calcio on almost every day here. So it's, uh, so we still got another week and a half of that. So it's going to be an exciting uh, couple uh, week, week and a half, uh, two weeks coming up here before uh, the Christmas break comes uh, full force. So, uh, yeah, with that, uh, that's the show. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next episode. All right. Ciao.